On today's episode of Locked on Suns, what did the postseason tell us about where the Suns stack up in the NBA and how could that change when the offseason comes around? We'll talk about it all in today's episode. Let's go. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Suns your first listen here on this Friday to close out your week. Next week, the fireworks start in the NBA, so hit follow or subscribe. We're free and available on all podcast platforms, so wherever you're finding us, all you got to do is hit follow or subscribe to get this show in your feed every day. Get locked on to your favorite team and become an everydayer. That's right. We are, uh, well, at least for the foreseeable future, going to be checking in with you each and every day about the Phoenix Suns. Aaron Edwards is here, as he is every week, to close us out. We're going to talk about where the Suns stack up and how that could change in the next couple weeks with the offseason. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA to get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, Aaron, so let me ask you this question to start things off. Um, well, first of all, I don't know how existential you get. I was telling you right before we hit record that I'm a little uh, little tired of, of how... Um, this this weird bridge between the finals and the offseason, people just get a little carried away. But is it just me, or maybe I count basketball things, uh, count the calendar by basketball things too much, but when it got time to record with you again this week, it's getting to that time of year where I was like, has it been a week already? Yeah. And I was just <laughs> kind of like, I feel like we just talked. I feel like there's not a lot that has changed, but somehow seven days have passed. Yeah, I mean, the last one, we had to do two in a day. So I think that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's why true. I remember. It's because <laughs> we recorded and Chris Paul leaked to Chris that he wanted to pretty much get released or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's probably what made it more memorable for me was that we kind of yeah. had to call an audible out of nowhere. Somehow, uh, yeah, I guess it feels like it's been more than a week since that. So I guess maybe I'm, I'm contradicting myself. But here we are. The rumors are flying, as I predicted doing the show yesterday evening. One new insider drops one new report about some particular player every single day this time of year. Today, it was sort of Zach Levine getting his moment in the sun. We don't really have anything from a Phoenix standpoint to discuss with him. So instead, the question I was going to start with, uh, Aaron, is I don't think I've talked about this with anybody that's come on the show, but I've talked about it myself. How, how homerish is it? to try to make the case that the Suns taking two games from, from Denver, being the only team to take them to six in this entire postseason, is that something that you feel good about if you're a Suns fan, If you that you just sort of chalk up to randomness, or that doesn't matter at all? Like, where do you kind of land on that spectrum if I'm, if I'm James Jones being like, did that really mean something, or do we have to really like improve to really get where we want to go? Um, I tweeted specifically after Denver won the championship was, I hate that the Suns took two off Denver because James Jones is going to think we're close. <laughs> I said exactly that because yeah. Book had to shoot 80% for us to take those two games. Yeah. And we still, they were still close games. Like they weren't blowouts. Like when they beat us, it was a blowout. When we beat them, we had to squeak by. So 
Yeah, I think. Let me take let me take issue with that briefly because <laughs> I I hear you and and you sound like a Nuggets fan right now is what I'm really gonna say. But <laughs> um, because look, game two, we could have had Chris game Paul two. doesn't get hurt. I think they could have won that game. That was a close game. And the Suns were literally in the middle of a run when Chris Paul got hurt. And so it feels like it was a lot of just the Denver thing, especially that they do at home, where they're just going to step on the gas. And it's like, if you don't have anything left or your stuff doesn't keep working, they're just going to have that against you. Like Lakers fans, I'm sure, are going through kind of the same thing, where it's like, they swept us, but like all the games were close, but obviously we weren't good enough like I think that they that the Nuggets particularly kind of do that to you but I I don't know I personally don't think it's fair to sit there and say that like all the losses were just so ugly that you can't like feel good about it but I hear you still yeah I mean like when Monty like kind of went against his like his grain and put scores on the floor it looked better and it looked like more productive so if we can find something like that and I think like with book, like book's going to regress from 80%, like obviously. And he did in that last game thing is yeah. KD shot like 20% from three in that series. Yeah. So I think if KD plays up to his standards and even with book's regression, I think that's just a good place to start and not having to play campaign in our center being out. Like I get what happened, but at the same time, like book had to shoot 80% for us to take those games off or for those to take for us to take those games and Jokic still put up 50 so i don't know like <laughs> in like, a loss yeah <laughs> so i don't know like and we still were a team that didn't shoot enough threes we definitely didn't make enough threes so i think just the change with that like i don't know what Vogel's going to do specifically but i think we just have to be a team that shoots more threes and defends better and if we can find yeah. that in our second best or best players plays maybe a lot better than he did in the last series. And yeah, we're probably a little bit closer. So on the Suns side, the thing that really jumps out to me from that series, looking back on it, is the fact that all the stuff you said is obviously true. Book shot 57% overall, and that includes that last game when he was obviously really cold, 55% from deep. Um, Both those guys were at 30 points per game. Both those guys were at five plus assists per game. Like it was too heavy of a burden and, and that has to change. But Honestly, maybe even more than that for me, it's that they both played 41 minutes per game, (laughs) you know? And, like, even Jokic, who was playing a lot more than, like, I think, I don't know the the numbers. I'm not going to bother looking at it too deep. But it felt like Jokic was having to play more minutes in some of those games than even he wanted to. And he still only got to 38 and a half minutes. So that's, like, three below what the Suns guys were at. Um, But defense, I think, is is also the the key there because it's, like, I looked this up um, doing a show after game five, and the, the Kings had the best offense in, in I, probably league history because that, that number gets set every year. But they were the best offense in the NBA this season. I think their offensive rating was like 119 uh, in the regular season. The Denver Nuggets in the playoffs had a 120 offensive rating. And that's not supposed to happen. Like most of the time you see some of that stuff go down because the games just get a little weirder, and that includes this Heat series where they were not, like, able to score like they had been, and they still were at 120 um, over the course of the whole postseason. Against the Suns, they were 122. So think about it that way. The Suns allowed the Nuggets to have an offensive rating three points per 100 possessions better than the best offense in the regular season, which was Sacramento, in their second-round series. Like, you just can't... That's not going to be tenable. You have to maybe not get them to how how Miami made them look, but 
even just where the Lakers made them look, I think the Suns would have had a better chance. They were just allowing those guys to score, you know, 110, 115, 120 every night, and that's not going to work out. Um, But let me put it to you this way. Let's go through, and I'll just kind of ask you right now, and then as we go through the show, we'll talk about how it could change. But right now, coming off of this postseason, what we just saw happen, and obviously some of the questions going forward will factor in here, but the Nuggets are are above the Suns, right? Yeah. Are the Lakers? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I just can't see it. It's so many question marks when it comes to both of us, though. Like, they might have our point guard. We might have theirs. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, what this is gonna look like at the end. Yeah. Uh, Memphis. I don't think anyone yeah. would be like, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Warriors? Um, with Steph, you just kind of, like, and the owner that's willing to spend, you kind of just don't really know. They yeah. they don't want to waste Steph because the second he's kind of done with it, then you're kind of done. So, yeah, I can see them, like, still trying to – they were still trying to toe that line between rebuilding and being a dynasty still. And, like, I think Bomani says on the podcast all the time, you can't do both. You got to choose and then just live with their chances. And that's why the uh, Kaminga thing didn't work. So I just yeah. think like trying to rebuild and be a dynasty at the same time just doesn't work. So it de- they, they're going to have to make a decision. And depending on what decision they make, I can still see them being a problem. They'll at least be right there. I would say the same thing about the Clippers. I think you kind of made that point about the Lakers. But is there anybody that you would say, if, if Denver's the clear cut, like they're the favorite in the to come out of the West going into next season because they just won it, is there anyone that you would say is a clear number two that you, you would put ahead of the Suns? No, I don't think there's even, I think the drop off from the Nuggets to even us is kind of a little bit more than people want to say. And the drop off okay. from us to three is a lot, I think. Like, I think okay. that there are so many question marks with a lot of these teams. I think the West is, it was really strong this year, but there's so many teams that are going to have to make decisions in the West. Like mm-hmm. the Pelicans best player is kind of maybe not going to be on the team trade bait for the third pick. Like, is so many uh, Minnesota, like one of those dudes might not be there toward the end of the off season. Like we don't know, but I, I really, there's so many question marks in the West. Mm-hmm. And I think the East just kind of like has more solidified themselves and they kind of know what it's going to be. So I think I would probably say I'm, I maybe think of the Suns as in a, in more of a cluster for that number two, maybe a touch ahead of everybody else. I think that might be the only place that you and I differ, but um, you're exactly right. And like, I, I feel like I'm always the guy trying to kind of be the, you know, look at the bright side type of thing. But I do feel like, especially having Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, it's just really hard to pick anybody and just say for definitively that they're going to be better than the Suns. Like that, that just feels very difficult for me to, to say, at least in a postseason environment, if they're both healthy. Um, but let's talk about what some of those questions might be like what these other teams are going to be doing. I think there's a lot more flexibility on some of these other teams, which could put them ahead. We'll get into all those questions next. First, today's show brought to you by Bird Dogs. You've probably seen their ads. If you're on their mailing list, you get some of their funny emails from time to time. They like to keep it loose. They like to have fun. But really, the baseline, the most important thing you need to know is that they made the most comfortable shorts that I've ever tried on, and they make you look good too. Bird Dog Stretch Khaki Shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. 
They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. So if you are uh, maybe a bigger guy, maybe you are somebody who does a lot of stuff outdoors or you're just kind of on the go during the day, even if you uh, think you're the most athletic person on earth, you still might want to have something that can flex and move with you. They're perfect for everybody is the point. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool, which is perfect for the Arizona sun. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA to get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take these bird dogs off. That's our promise. Okay, Aaron, so uh, we talked about it a little bit at the, at the very beginning. Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. We've already started to hear a lot of these names get thrown around, including some guys on the Suns from DeAndre and to Chris Paul and everything else. Um, what's the biggest realistic domino? And obviously it's the NBA. We know that this stuff comes out of nowhere. We, you know, we're two weeks out from the anniversary of Chris Haynes tweeting out that Kevin Durant wanted to be a son when literally none of us were really <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> to be a, a real possibility. Um, but with what we know now, what's the biggest domino you could imagine that would make you feel differently than that ranking we kind of just did in that last segment? Is there a, a move on the horizon where you're like, if that happens, the West will change and maybe the Suns do get knocked down a peg? I think with the Kyrie thing, I think if Kyrie goes to the Lakers or if he just goes to pretty much any of those like middling Western conference teams, he changes your franchise regardless. Or if Dallas makes a move with just a decent center, like a center that is a center, at least I think that would kind of change things a little bit. Like I think that Dallas with just having one of the best players in the league and still trying to kind of keeping themselves in it. I think that like, that would be a, big jump just getting anything <laughs> like anything productive at center or just a big from them but yeah like most of those guys they're not really attached to the western conference or except Harden but his stuff is like pretty set on either he wants to win a championship in Philly or he wants to go back home and kick it like it's really what it comes down <laughs> yeah, to yeah I don't Harden. think the Houston Rockets are uh <laughs> are going to be on our list even if even if that move did uh did come to be so the Lakers thing, it sounds like the insidery types don't really actually feel like the Kyrie. I don't the think Lakers it does either. I think the, yeah. even with the Blazers, like if they do manage to get rid of that three and get like uh, Brandon Egram or a Zion or something, like mm -hmm. that would be a much better team and probably pretty fun too. But I still don't think that that kind of compares. I really do think it's a really good team though. So let's focus on the Mavs then. Um, I was telling you before we hit record to uh, the person in my mentions who thinks DeAndre Ayton's going to go to Atlanta for DeJounte Murray and John Collins, which, um, you know, salute to that guy. Keep your <laughs> dreams alive. Don't let anyone tell you differently. That's not happening, though. Um, the other one that I see a lot, and that's, a, I think, just a trolling Mavs fan who hasn't gotten over uh, what happened 14 months ago now, but he'll come on and he'll just say Luka Doncic's Devin Booker's father. There's a lot of typos in there. I'm not sure if it might be a Slovenian <laughs> or Serbian man who does this because uh, it seems like there's some English going on. Um, but point is, we know how fraught that, that conversation is. So I'm not here to pump up the Mavs and make Suns fans deal with us talking about how good this team may be. But my real question to you is, what do you think of Luka as a as a as a champion number one play, like, do you think, cause I think there's a lot of the NBA media fawns over him. Right. And I, this, yeah. this past year, I really did start to, to flip. Um, 
I, I don't think the way he played this season, I don't think his lack of commitment to defense, his lack of commitment to being a team player, like I don't think people really get there's James Harden and Russell Westbrook during those MVP years in the mid-2000s in terms of usage and assist rate. And then there's Luka Doncic. Like, it's, it's unprecedented, the amount that he dominates the ball. I just don't think that's sustainable. So that's the thing that gets in the way of me feeling like, because I do think there's a, a possibility if they bring back Kyrie and they make another trade, that team could be pretty good. That team could have three star players on it, whether it's Pascal Siakam or it's DeAndre Ayton or... You know, maybe he's not a star, but somebody like that, right? And that that would be a pretty good top three. But I I do think that there is a a lot holding me back, and I might put Booker and Durant both above him in terms of guys that I trust to win postseason series. As crazy as that might sound, considering this guy's putting up historic numbers. Yeah, I, yeah. With Luca, it's kind of he's only had coaches ask him to do that, like. Jason Kidd doesn't exactly have full control. I'm not sure if Luca can play the team ball like that book finally had to switch to once Monty got here and Chris Paul got here. He hasn't been asked to do it because Jason Kidd's his coach. I think in so if he finally built a good coach, then yeah, like I don't know. I think Rick Carlisle was kind of already on his way out in his head. So I think if he has a coach <laughs> yeah. that really wants to play team ball and kind of like is willing to kind of go at him a little bit, then yeah, I could see him kind of getting it together and deciding to play that that way. But Jason Kidd isn't exactly like a coach coach. He's kind of like a substitute teacher that has one of the best players in the league. Yeah. I feel that. It's what's funny though is just hearing you say Kidd and I was going to interrupt but I wanted to let you finish cuz I think what you said is probably closer to the truth it could even be star players you know I don't know if Kyrie's necessarily the guy to to get the most out of his teammates from like a play style perspective or even an interpersonal perspective he seems to kind of want to be the co-pilot in a lot of ways it's not like he's going to come in and, and necessarily change what's going on so I don't know if it's him but I could imagine Luca finds the right teammate maybe eventually and and switches things up but it's funny to hear it you say Jason Kidd because it's like that's like one of the most unselfish superstar players we've ever had. And it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, he wouldn't, that he wouldn't be the guy to, to bring that out, but it just hasn't really gone that way. I, I think kid is just like a unique personality more than anything. I, regardless of what he wants to do basketball wise. Yeah. I think he kind of just got stuck. He just did the everyday broke kind of thing, even though he lost his job in Milwaukee by doing it, he did change Giannis's career. He was like, you're the point guard. You run the show. Mm -hmm learn how to do this and once he put the ball he put the ball in Giannis's hand first and not yeah. like have Brandon Jennings bouncing <laughs> the air out of the ball and then just Giannis sitting in the corner so I think like once that worked just in his head he was like my best player has the ball at all times and we'll figure it out yeah. from there and that's kind of just not going to work this time probably if I were to tell you that the Grizzlies deal with the jaw thing. I think the I think I'll just start by saying I feel like Memphis and the the energy around their future has gotten really negative for understandable reasons with jaw, but it's all kind of happened while they're not playing basketball. And yeah. I just think people have kind of forgotten that that's still a pretty damn good team that has been really good in the regular season for multiple years and was pretty close to making it a competitive if not a competitive series, if not beating the Warriors, like one year ago. And I know that I'm not trying to discount everything that's happened, but 
I think we underestimate how quickly it could just flip back in the other direction and we just laugh about how crazy things were with Ja. I don't know enough to say anything, but I'm just saying that's a possibility. If they were to deal with the suspension that's coming his way, which they've been pretty good without him in the regular season in the past, and we know they were getting to be pretty aggressive. It sounded like they made bids for OG and for Mikhail at the deadline. If they were to get a guy like that, what'd you say? I said a pretty big bid from Macau from exactly, what it sounded like. <laughs> exactly. From what it sounded like, they were all kind of all in, and it just didn't really work out because Toronto and Brooklyn didn't want to play ball. So if they were to, let's say they get Ananobi. I'm not really sure Mikhail's available. Let's say it's Ananobi. And he's a really, really good shooter, a really good wing defender. Maybe he gets a little more creative with the ball in his hands, and it works out perfectly. And they're even better. I could see them feeling like a team come this time next year if Ja and Triple J and then they have Bain and Ananobi as kind of secondary guys. If that that feels like a team that could be maybe what the Nuggets were this year. Nobody's as good as Jokic, but that type of top to bottom team that would just be really hard to beat. That's one that I could see happening that maybe isn't going to get a superstar this offseason, but if they get another really good role player that I think we could feel differently about like this time or, you know, heading into the playoffs next year. Yeah, I still think that, I mean, they're two, like, gritty defensive bigs that kind of did, like, the grunt work got hurt. Like, I think they were uh, Steven Adams away from making a couple series longer. Like, I think that he would annoy and just kind of bang down there to the point that you can kind of do a little bit different stuff. So I think just not having those bigs available was kind of the bigger thing with them. Like, they just didn't have the bodies. It'll be interesting. Let's let's do rec- let's get a little bit reckless here in the next segment and uh, just guess where everybody's going. And <laughs> I I have a feeling a lot of it's going to be in the East, which is part of what I'm, I'm sort of getting at while we're talking here. But we'll just go through some of the big names and 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 guess predict where they're going to go and and then circle back on circle back. First today's show brought to you. By the Game Time app. I am looking at their homepage now. They have CONCACAF Gold Cup tickets. They have College World Series tickets. They even have professional bull riding available. Buying your tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. That's the core belief at the center of Game Time. They are the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their Signature best price guarantee. They allow you at game time to stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds and get those tickets sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email while you're standing in line and get embarrassed and all that stuff. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Snag the tickets without the stress using game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NBA to get twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's go through Aaron and just kind of predict. Um, this one's interesting. I, we don't really know who might be interested here, but Zach Levine. Do you feel like he's a difference maker? Where do you like him? the most like what team would you feel like would be the the best spot for him even if we don't necessarily know where he's going to go yet um that's a tough one because 
he when he's good, he's really good, but he's just abysmal on defense. So who wants yeah. that? I think um Miami already has Hero, so that wouldn't make sense. Um, and they want Beal, right? I mean, yeah. that seems like almost a lock at this point. Yeah, I think if – yeah, I kind of just think he stays or – I don't know. Like, I just don't see who is a Zach Levine away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that was probably the tougher one. I'm kind of mad you started with that one because that was the one I kind of just didn't – Like, It's I don't the weirdest know. one. That's kind of why yeah. I wanted to do it. But so – I, the the my my instinct with a guy like that and even Beal and I think that's why Miami makes so much sense because they're like this is I always try to see is there a place that has all the defensive stuff already figured out that that can take a guy like that so Toronto although I want Toronto to reset I just think it'd be more interesting to kind of toss their players out, uh, on a different team because I'm kind of tired of them just being 500 every year and then it's always a maybe they'll trade this guy and it never happens so I just kind of wanted to but he that could be one. Miami, obviously. What about the Clippers? Because I think that that's a West team we didn't really talk about. They have all the salaries they could possibly want. I think a player like that where they don't have to give up a bunch of picks is good because obviously we know they don't really have many of those after the Paul George trade um, and some of their other deals along the way. And they could just slot him into basically what like Norm Powell and Eric Gordon have been doing for them. Uh, but an even better offensive guy. Maybe that helps in the regular season when they don't have Kawhi and Paul George all the time and then when when they do have those guys he's just kind of more of a shooter and secondary ball handler type of player I don't love the fit but that one seems interesting to me yeah that seems like the biggest when they play when they all play together kind of teams like when they're all healthy then the team looks really good but that is a very big when they're all healthy kind of question another, mark squad yeah I didn't think about it that way <laughs> another uh, injury question mark guy on a team that already has too many of those yeah, I'll be interested to see. Um, the Sixers, if they don't get Harden, are kind of going to be linked to a lot of these teams, I would guess. The Celtics, like, could that be, you know, they consolidate the Brogdon, White, Smart role and give up maybe one of those guys or two of those guys? <laughs> What'd you say? I have another person for the Celtics. Okay, go for it. Uh, Bradley Bill. I think, um, yeah, I think if they really are out on the Dalen Brown thing, which – if somebody can't use their hand after a year five or whatever this is, then kind of just chalk it up to that's what they are and see what you can get for it. Like that's kind of how we, it's not to that extent because he's an all-star, but that's kind of how we are with Aiden right now. It's like, he hasn't figured out how to bang and get fouled and box out now. Like maybe Vogel can figure it out, but like we're at the point to where when some dude show you who they are, they're just that. And Jalen Brown, like, he's gotten, like, better. Like, he's, like, you can tell some of the stuff he's worked on. But Miami, like, severely took advantage of his flaws during that series. And I think at that point, you kind of just got to chalk it up to what it is. Yeah, that would be a weird trade uh, because I think Brown has more, like, value, uh, you know, on the trade market. But at the same time, what the Celtics might want, would look a little more like Beal. So I, it'd be a weird one of like, who's giving up more than just that player. I actually think it would be Washington. So then are you talking about, you know, Danny Avdia or I don't know, I don't know what else you would really <laughs> want there. So uh, that, that would be an interesting one. It feels like the Miami stuff is out there, but that also starts to turn into, okay, you know, Miami's the, the leader. That means somebody <laughs> else needs to outbid the heat. That doesn't mean yeah. that he's going to the heat for sure. That just means 
they're the current it, favorite, and we know how that can change. And it got mentioned with Milwaukee, too. And I think if they are really out on Middleton and they kind of just want to go a different route and go, what, Middleton holiday? <laughs> if they want to do something crazy like that and some picks and then just go from there, you have to score that can have the ball in his hand when Giannis doesn't want to get fouled and, like, you can deal with all that stuff. I think that's fine, too, even though, like, you go from one of, like, the best defensive teams in the league to pretty much like everybody else, you're pretty much kind of the Sixers at that point. So I don't know. Like, yeah. what do you want to do with that route? Yeah, I'll say build to Miami and just we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, James Harden, what do you think? Do you think it's Houston or Philly or something else? When you have to like decide if it's basketball or not basketball, that's where you're just kind of, you're just stuck. Like it's either he just wants to have fun the rest of his career because he can't really get by a bunch of people anymore and play with a young team and he doesn't have to do all the work or go to the Sixers and be literally like the second best player on a team to Joel Embiid and try to win a championship on an East that's going to be better next year, I think, or it's going to be at least a little weird. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know what his, what his goal is with Harden it's different because it's not like, Oh, I can win a championship over here. Like I like the guys over there. We can make a run or I can win a championship where I'm at. We're just a couple pieces away. I still think we're close. It's do I want to live in Houston again? Do I want to go try to play for a championship and do a deep playoff run? And kind of, you don't know. You never know. (laughs) I'll say he goes back to Philly. I think that the Houston thing, uh, you know, you read some stuff where it's like there's more of a personal maybe side to it that's not public. I don't know if that's family health stuff or whatever the case is. You know, guys do have those situations and it doesn't always get talked about as much as maybe it could. But then you want to keep it private. It is a weird dynamic. I think that might be some of what's going on there. But I would just say at the end of the day, whether it was that or it was just a pure leverage thing, I have a hard time imagining that somebody would just be so blatant about going he's not like he's 40 you know (laughs) going back to something where it's just like yeah i'm not gonna win that just feels pretty crazy to me especially him being so aware of what people think of him it would just be kind of the ultimate like validation for the for the haters so to speak (laughs) for him and it just feels i don't know i i just I'll, i'll believe it when i see it i guess Kyrie irving I'm going to go Mavs. I just think it's kind of a similar thing where it's like he's going to poke around this and poke around that and get rumored here. And and his, you know, team might leak. Oh, we might go to Houston with their cap space just to gin up the price and make Mark Cuban pay him what he the max that he can pay him. But I just even if he doesn't want to be in Dallas, I think Kyrie knows more than anybody. Take the money, figure it out the next time that you have a, a little bit of leverage. And then, you know, if you want to change your situation, the NBA has shown us that will be available to you if you want it. Yeah, I think the market is just going to dictate he's going to be there at least till All-Star break. I think it was the same with the KD thing. Even though, like, it's still going to be a new contract over there, I think it's you're going to ride it out and then probably make your request later on. I don't think this saga – I don't think a saga is ever over with Kyrie. <laughs> so I think even yeah, if he does no. sign the His contract – His whole career but, is a saga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think he's going to sign back, but I think it's not going to be over because nothing's ever over. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. Uh, Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura are free agents right now, but what happens at the deadline or next summer when they're under contract and tradable? You know, just put it that way, right? Like, those things will be different. Right now, the Lakers just don't have anything to trade. D'Angelo Russell, maybe, but that's not going to get it done. What do you do? I think that's kind of the obvious uh, thing to look at. 
Um, but let me give you three guys that are potential trade pieces that are maybe a little less likely to change teams, but just give me the team name and then we'll wrap up from there. But I just want to hit these guys. So Damian Lillard, tell me what team he's on uh, on the opening night of next season. Portland. Okay, agreed. Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know. I think that's one of those ones where you're going to be watching the NBA draft and be like, what just happened? <laughs> like with, with them, like they could go either way. And I can definitely see something happening. Like I kind of would say Blazers. Like, I don't know. Like if they want to go that route, sure. Who knows? I would say the Knicks, but I think that Julius Randall contract is awful. And I don't really know what they're going to do about that. <laughs> um, we used to want that contract. I've seen the Suns fans. Y'all wanted it. I remember. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just, it's the, it's the playoff runs in 21 and 23 that just make it hard. It's like, at least before the playoff stuff, it's like he could work in this way or that way. And then it's like when he's hurt and he's not playing, you know, basketball the right way and everything, you're just kind of like, all right, well, that's, that's faded a little bit. We know it. We know now. Um, All right. Last one, one word answer team that Trey Young will be on the beginning of next season. Atlanta. I would agree with you there. Actually, um, I'm on a streak of saying this in every pod the last three, I think. So um, I want Marco Fultz to be a son. <laughs> I'm never going to stop that agenda. I'm going to keep talking about it. Let's get Marco Fultz here. Landry Shamit and four second round picks. Let's let's call it into the <laughs> league office. Uh, it's happening. Um, all right. That'll wrap us up. We'll see what happens. Probably tons more rumors by the next time we record on Sunday. If anything really big happens, like in Aiton or Chris Paul trade, for instance, I will, of course log back in and you will have a bonus show in your feed as soon as I possibly can get it to you. But in the meantime, listen to locked on NBA. They'll have you covered for everything going on around the whole league. Get your rumors and reports and all that stuff broken down each and every day on that show. They're available on all podcast platforms as well. And I will catch you guys on Monday.